Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. NBC Sports, Football Morning and American columnist Peter King. What do you think about the Chase Thomas podcast? I'd like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and obviously a much better human being. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff Show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca vs. Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Matlana, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I, hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, Everything School HQ, also the home of Knoxville's number one runner. Uh, I checked my notes, <laughs> and uh, no one can outrace the man himself, Will Warren, statsbywill.substack.com. Become a subscriber today and support good quality independent college basketball writing today. It's that easy. That simple. Do it. Um, Will, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Uh, I'm great. After that introduction made me sound like a minor god. Um, I, I'm very honored. Many uh, have said minor god. That could be another, that could be a spinoff of Stats by Will. Minor god. <laughs> it, it's, I think I'll pass. But um, now the, the running thing is fun to bring up. So I was thinking mm. about this today because I haven't been to the gym in two weeks. Mm. Uh, which would have like two, three years ago been an unspoken thing to me, or like, like I would have been embarrassed by that pre-COVID, okay. obviously. Uh, like I used to go weightlift like five times a week, but now it's entirely replaced mm. with the with the running. So, you know, you trade one thing for another, but 
I do miss not really planet fitness because that's where I go now. I mean, you can't really miss a planet fitness. They're all the exact same, mm-hmm. but I do miss the feeling of like going into a gym and you're just like there for an hour and like maybe we'll get a pickup game in or something. Those were, those were more fun dates. I would say. Mm. I've been in a gym in a while. I haven't. Yeah. It's, I have not played pickup in over a year. I'll but probably I never still, play pickup again. Shoot, That's over. Like, I got a backyard basketball goal, so I shoot on that pretty much every day. Okay. So I still work on the form, but do you cross I, over I, Cedric? I, I try to avoid possible injuries. I guess. <laughs> That's the thing. It's and as you get older, you get more and more conscientious of that. Uh, but look, somebody's got to cross up Cedric, and it's got to be Will Warren. That's he right. doesn't. Uh, like if he comes in with that disrespect then you've got to show him show him what you're made of will uh cedric he just he gets too cocky and you got to bring him down a peg every now and then so there you go um Mm -hmm. speaking of cedric uh and when i say speaking of has nothing to do with cedric it's college basketball uh we are going to talk college basketball because it is wednesday evening and we we talk college basketball let me check my notes here oh every thursday evening but we switch it up this week with college football and college basketball shows as the main uh dish here but it's gonna be a good time because when anyone thinks college basketball they think virginia tech so will warren (laughs) when i ask you this question how good is virginia tech going to be next season your gut instinct goes where it was really fun um for you to bring this up. So two things. One, um, I feel like whenever you think of Virginia Tech, you think of, like, if you had to put a number next to it, it reminds me of this old Hannibal Burris tweet from forever ago. Where mm. He said, who's your 74th favorite NBA player? Mine is <laughs> Channing Fry. Um, mm. That's what I think about Virginia Tech. It's like, who do you think is the 61st best college basketball program? Probably mm. Virginia Tech. Uh, uh, but two, I was reminded of that because, the ACC put out a two-week warning uh, that mm. they're going to release their conference schedule, which I find obnoxious. Just release it, like mm-hmm. the SEC did, and the Big Ten is going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I tweeted about it, and a Virginia Tech fan got very mad at me. Why? Because I mentioned Virginia Tech in the tweet. It's like, thank God we have a two-week warning, so we know that Virginia Tech and Florida State will, of course, play each other as they do every single year. Wow. And he was like, no one gives an F about Georgia playing. I was like, the tweet wasn't about Georgia. Stupid. Enjoy the NIT. Um, well, not the NIT. Whatever the new one is. What is it now? What's, what's NIT um, adjacent? What is it going to be called? The Fox Sports Bowl? Uh, it's the FART. It's the Fox Alternate Randomized Tournament. Mm. So there you go. I think they could really make some big business with that. I would watch. I would uh, like but it. I think I'd be disappointed after realizing 90 seconds in. It's not what I think. Hmm. Um, so to answer the original question of how good Virginia Tech's going to be, I feel like it's about as good as they are like any normal year. Like hmm. they are once again going to be like on or right around the bubble. They once again don't really have a star player that you can point to. And they once again are like mid-pack ACC, not like a bad mid-pack, but side unseen, I would guess they're like sixth best or so, sixth or seventh. Mm. so i mean you're like yeah above average but they're above average in the same way that like wake forest would be or mm. Pitt or something like you're, you're like okay well this isn't duke this isn't unc it's not even miami so i don't know i mean i like hunter couture i think hunter couture is a pretty solid player all around sean Padula is good robbie Barron, the northwestern transfer also a solid piece 
but I just cannot like name a player on this roster where I'm like that, you know, is a player that can take over a game. It's mm. honestly hard to say if any of them are even like, I mean, would you put any of the names I mentioned among like the top, we'll keep it conservative, top 15 players in the ACC? Because I don't no. think I would. I'm not no. sure I even put any in the top 20 because there's a lot of good players in the ACC. Yeah. And so like that can lead you to, they're the ultimate high floor, low ceiling team to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I actually could envision a version of Virginia Tech that like overachieves a little bit and, you know, like they get to March and it's, they're not sweating out the bubble. They're like a, you know, seven or eight seed. They've had a good run. And it's probably because their offense came in above expectation and their defense was more or less what we thought it would be. Mm-hmm. But you can also envision a version of this team where Virginia Tech simply doesn't have the athleticism to contend with other higher end ACC teams. Like, I like Couture, I like Barron, but there's no obvious plus plus athlete on the roster. And that may not be a huge problem uh, night overnight, but. In certain matchups, like again, you're playing Duke, you're playing UNC. I mean, especially you're playing Miami, who's hyper athletic pretty much every year now. Mm. That can be a real matchup concern. And so, like, I could envision a scenario where they're a seven or eight seed. I could also envision a scenario where they're not even on the bubble come March 1st. And it's not like a tanking year, but they're like, they finish like seven and 13 in the ACC. Mm. So you average it out. And I do think they're going to be just smack square on the bubble pretty much all season long, which I'm sure will not prove to be a really annoying viewing experience for their fans or anything, considering no, that how they operate every year. Yeah, and it's a weird one, because like I don't... They have a really good baseball program. Obviously, the football program's been down, but we've seen them be the top of the yeah. sport. They've been really um, good in our lifetimes. Yeah. Basketball's never been like elite in our lifetime. They've never got no, basketball all the way there. And the thing is, like, I really think Mike Young's doing a fine and solid yeah. job. I don't think he's done bad. Uh, I think he has great misfortune of being the guy after Buzz Williams. Yeah. Because, I mean, Buzz gave them levels of success they, I mean, consistently they really haven't seen um, yeah. since I have been alive, at least, and probably back to, like, the 1980s for them. So, mm. uh, you know, I, I think it's tough for Mike because, I, like I said, I think he's a solid coach. He's nothing. He's not elite but he's certainly mm. not a bad hire. Um, but it would probably do him and his seat some good to sneak into the tournament this year. Yeah. I just don't know if they're going to be able to get in. I would not, I would bet on them in the NIT or in fart before I put they, them in. They've uh, got a strong flavor of NIT one seed to me. It's not where you want to be. It's like the worst place to be. It's like the NBA's version <laughs> it's, of It's the most bit. annoying place you can possibly be, I think, because then yeah. you're like, you're you i don't know those you can turn the nit into a positive if you really squint mm-hmm. but really you go from like oh we might get in the tournament oh i'm watching selection sunday this is fun maybe we got a shot to all right we get to host uh new orleans or whoever mm-hmm. on a tuesday night with a crowd of 4200 i'm so excited Great. about this yeah yeah like it's just it's just hard what are you supposed yeah. to do with that yeah, and I mean, like, I just remember when Tennessee was consistently in the NIT under Conzo, and it would be like season over. Now you get to host Savannah State or mm-hmm. Mercer or something like that, and you're and no one could get up for that. So I was getting up for it. I was ready to go. 
Like who who wasn't excited? I, about? I I will say I get I would get up for it now because I do have an NIT uh giveaway shirt from a friend in my closet it's just it just says NCAA basketball on it if mm. you worked the sideline in those games you're not allowed to wear like team gear so they just give you basic NCAA oh. basketball shirts to wear hmm the Rob Lowe of uh sports attire exactly I like it um colonial team that struggled last year that you like their roster and their scheme maybe anything that gives you uh, a reason for optimism more so this year than what happened last year? Um, I don't know about a team that's like was really bad last year that's going to rebound into something special. But I do think that this feels like a good year for Drexel. Mm. Uh, and it's been a little bit for them since they've been towards the top. I don't think that they've had you know, the most lovely runs or anything. They went 17 and 15 last year and were mid-pack in the CAA. But they really, for the most part, have not been truly wretched. They've just sort of been kind of there. Like, yeah, the end of the Bruiser Flint era didn't go well. Zach Spiker's start was a little wobbly. But they're, they've got a roster I like. I like Amari Williams, uh, their mm. big man, quite a bit. And crucially for these leagues, it doesn't always work out perfectly in this realm. But for a basic continuity thing, and especially for seeing just like with Charleston a little bit in flux, they only returned 35% of their scoring. But with Pat Kelsey at the helm, it's hard not to trust that. UNC Wilmington should be really good. Hofstra should be solid. But there is a gap at the top where a team, if they wanted to, could really take the leap and jump towards serious conference contention. Drexel kind of matches that to me where – okay, maybe you don't have that elite player. Like I said, I like Williams, but I don't know that I would put him among the top five of the conference or anything. Mm. But you've got a lot of returning talent. You're very experienced. Your team probably deserves slightly better results than you got a year ago. And on face value, I kind of like their defense better than anyone else's in the league. So that does matter come March. Um, and I think they're going to take at least a mini leap into being a top three team in the league this year which is good for them after, again, years of sort of suffering through, you know, 8 and 10, 99, 10 and 8, all like over and over again. They should be more towards the top. Is this Pat Kelsey's world and we're all just living in it? I, it's Pat Kelsey's world until he leaves Charleston, I think. Um, what if he stays there for a while, though? I mean, he could, but I mean, I'm old enough to remember when he was like, UMass is my dream job. And then he left after 48 hours or whatever to go back to Winthrop. So... Um, yeah, but Charleston is like a really good spot to recruit to. It's really yeah. easy to be like, Hey, this is an amazing city to live in. How about you come play basketball here in a uh, conference where you have arguably, I, I mean, I don't know off the top of my head, but I am pretty sure Charleston perennially has like a top three budget in that league, mm. um, along with Wilmington and some others, but it, it's a league that's a little bit in flux. They kind of have added and subtracted some members over the years. And if you're among that sort of top four grouping, used to be Northeastern, I think they've wiggled their way out of it, unfortunately. But like Charleston, Drexel, UNCW, and Hofstra, Mm. it's kind of going to be one of those four for a while, I think. And Pat arguably is the the most accomplished coach of that group, despite, I believe, being the youngest. More surprise, Pat becoming the next coach of Ohio State or North Carolina? 
North North Carolina because Pat's an Ohio guy. He, yeah. uh, I mean, he, he coached at Winthrop, though, for a sure. while and was a Wake Forest AD administrative something. He has a lot of North Carolina ties. I'm basing this entirely on from Cincinnati um, and... He wore, played at Xavier, when right? Him, when I saw him at the Final Four, he was wearing a Bengals hoodie. Was he really? Yes. Oh, well, maybe... You know what it could be then? Cincinnati. Kentucky. Or, yeah, or Kentucky. I don't think he would make... I, Charleston, Kentucky is quite a leap. Mm. But Charleston to Cincinnati, I think, is a very realistic leap if uh, Wes Miller doesn't work out. That's true. Um, new starting five check-in, Will Warren, a team that is... Pre- Predicted to be a top 10 team once again this year. The Marquette Golden Eagles led by old friend Shaka Smart. Um, what does this new five look like to you, Will Warren? And do you think it'll be better than what we saw this past year? Uh, it's going to be really hard for them to top uh, a year ago because it was kind of like the everything goes right season where everyone that could have possibly come in above expectation did. Mm. And the good news for them is they've got the talent to overachieve if they so choose to. I wouldn't be shocked if they did. They return 85% of scoring from mm-hmm. last year. Uh, really outside of Omax and Cam Jones, or not Cam Jones, I think there's another guy that left, but Omax being the big one, really kept a lot of that roster intact, which was impressive given that, you know, Tyler Collett comes back, Oso Higdohara comes back, Jones is back, Stevie Mitchell, David Joplin. It's uh, That's probably your starting five right there. I remain unconvinced um that they're going to be good at all defensively i think that's going to be a problem as usual for them Mm. uh but when your offense is as good as theirs is going to be which will be top five yet again it might not matter very much i i kind of have them roughly in the same like roughly the same group where they were at for most of last year which was like one of the eight to 15 best teams but not one of the seven best Mm. i have seen marquette a lot in like the top I want to say top six or so of polls. I'd mm-hmm. have to go back to the consensus poll that Field of 68 did. But I definitely recall um, Sam, is it Vecini? Is that how you say it? Sam Vecini. Sam Vecini mm. and um, shoot, the Kansas writer at The Athletic. He's really good. That I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't remember either. Uh, well, I feel bad because he follows me and he's really good. But they had them, I think, third. And I think mm. that's a little high. It's kind of the FAU quandary to me where you overachieved really highly. You mm. got all those same dudes coming back. It, like We really do not see second leaps happen very often. But if they are just like the 14th best team, that's mm. a great two-year run. If you're top 15 team two years in a row at Marquette, that's something you can really mark down as a giant achievement. Buzz Williams didn't do that. The last guy to finish top 15 two years in a row one Tom Crean, 2002 and 2003. Mm. So if they can achieve that, they're going to be in a great place. And Shaka really has come in well above what I thought he might do. Uh, We knew he was a good coach. We knew that maybe Texas wasn't the best fit. But being this good this quick is, I think, for all, a pretty serious surprise. Yeah. (laughs) Wow, my voice just completely cracked there. Um, (laughs) I think they're going to be sneaky. Like... on a one to ten scale, how surprised would you be if they make the final four? Um, like a three. Okay. I don't think it'd be really shocking. No, I. To be fair, would you say it might be shocking? Shocking. 
now I have a post in this in mind of like they're like it's titled "Nothing Is a Lock," mm. like really like because you look back at last uh, November, and I use Bart's uh, tourney cast numbers for this. Mm. North Carolina, ninety nine percent likely to make the NCAA tournament. They did it. Yeah, you know Virginia, ninety eight percent likely to beat UMBC. They did it. So it's probably like if you were really to say surprised that they made the final four, the real number is like five or six. Mm-hmm. But because their offense is so good and they match teams I've seen before do it, then my number would be a little lower. And they're old. They are. But I think it'd be fun. Big East is going to be uh, just a lot this year. It's uh, it's going to be a little bit of a bloodbath, I think, at the top. Yeah, and it's going to be a fun year, Real, I think, for like those top five conferences. Mm-hmm. Big 12, SEC, Big 10, Big East. And I'm going to say the Pac-12 outranks ACC Mountain West this year. Pac-12 has got some teams I really like in it. But yeah, you know, UConn, Creighton, Marquette, Villanova, you know, even Xavier could sneak in there. It is mm-hmm. going to be really hard night in, night out. And don't forget, like, Providence is the spoiler, St. John's, etc. Yeah. I like it. Uh, Will Warren, transfer target moment here on the program where you pick a transfer each week that you are intrigued by in their new location who is it this week who which transfer makes the cut this week for you will warren i think it's just because i've been thinking about uh these guys a lot lately uh i really do think we need to talk more about dalton connect at tennessee oh it's sort of a homer moment but Mm -hmm. um I, you know, I went back, watched those Italy games again, and I struggle with grading. I like try and use like the MGO blog upon further review mm. um, grading system. I struggle with grading just like if you took the right shot. Like, is that like a plus event or is this just like you did what you were supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Dalton Connect is elite at the did what you're supposed to do part of offense, uh, which is frankly something Tennessee's needed since Grant Williams left. Mm. And really, I mean, even when, since Kennedy Chandler left the team, yeah, just the guy who does the right things, takes the right shots, doesn't force anything. Connect really has that role for Tennessee seemingly locked down. I didn't notice, I don't know if you watched the games, but I really didn't see a lot of self-creation, though he did mm-hmm. a lot of that in Northern Colorado. Maybe you're kind of like, it's kind of like non-conference college football where you're keeping stuff in the book for when you actually need it. Mm. Um could see that with connect because he was a big self creator at Northern Colorado and can score from all three levels, you know, big muscular six, six wing. I I am really excited to see him at Tennessee because it's sort of like you got the Justin Powell thing done once and that didn't work out. What happens when you get a second chance with a much more muscular Justin Powell? So I, I look at him and I think that's a type of guy that I really want to see there. I want to see, you know, what can he do when given the chance to really cook? Um, what can he do in an offense where he does not have to be the number one option? Like, I mean, there's a realistic shot that, like, in the average lineup, he's, like, your number three scorer, and that's okay. Like, he's Do you think not he's any... better than Tyreek Key? Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, like, he matches more of what Tennessee runs and what Tennessee wants to do. And I think, you know, as a ball handler, he's quite a bit ahead of Key. I don't think he's as good of a mid-range scorer as Key was on paper. Key really mm. was an elite mid-range guy. And just for whatever reason, it didn't translate. I think he got in his own head a bit. So but Connect is more athletic, too. 
which mm. matters. I mean, he can fly a lot higher than Key, you know, quicker around screens. He's easier to get his shot off because I believe he's four inches taller too. So I, I think he's got a higher upside. But it is a little bit of the battered vol syndrome of you know the the last transfer, probably the best transfer in the Rick Barnes era might be James Daniel from that mm. 2017, 2018 team, just because he did what he was supposed to do. He was a solid, serviceable backup point guard. He wasn't underwhelming. So you uh, you kind of have to like, it's a wait and see thing for sure. But with him specifically, I do believe that he's going to be a really critical piece of this group and could help Tennessee elevate their ceiling offensively a bit more than they have had in recent years. I'm just cautiously optimistic about guys like uh, Dalton Connect, where I'm like, maybe, but I also don't think he's going to start. Like, there's some momentum. It's like, Dalton should start. It's like, mm, I'm going to go with, it's Barnes is going Tobe, Jonas, Meshack, um, Zakai, I don't think will be ready. So it'll probably be Freddie DeLeon and Santi. And that would be my guess on their starting five. And I just think he's going to have to outplay Meshack a lot. And I think Triple J is going to get some significant run here. Um, and Barnes is going to play him at the three a little bit. I don't know. I'm just very curious to see how long of a leash Dalton Connect gets um, with Rick because there are options and there are the the, <laughs> the kind of options that you know, you and I both know that Rick will be a lot more comfortable with. Uh, even when we are like, just let him make go through his lumps, let him figure it out. Um, but I just, I, I've seen too many Rick Barnes teams at this point to, to completely buy in yet. Well, I mean, that's obviously reasonable, but I mean, the Italy main lineup was Dillion, Vescovi, Triple J, Connect, and Adu. Yeah. Uh, Adu and Iwaka more or less played equal minutes at the five. And I think that's probably going to be how it is to start. Mm. They, the, they've got a good problem on their hands where they got a lot of guys and they got to figure out how to make them all happy. Mm. But you know, some people are not going to be happy. Like, I don't think JP Estrella is going to play much by the end of the year. That kind of seems like a guy who, you know, through no fault of his own, probably fades out in SEC play. Same yeah. for Cameron Carr. Jordan Ganey, I could see hanging on to the very tail end, but it wouldn't be a shocker if he fades out either. But yeah. that fully healthy lineup, I think you're going to get is Sigler, Vescovy, James, Connect, and then whoever wins out between Jonas and Alaka. Um, I would place the bet that I'm going to say Adu's got the higher floor. Would you agree with that? But Awaka kind of feels like he's got more upside. Um, yes. Yes, I would agree with that. But I don't because feel great Adu's about it because I think Awaka's floor is still pretty high. I think we know oh, he's yeah. going to rebound really well. I think he's going to defend pretty solid at the five in SEC play. I think he'd be okay. He can hold his own. Um, I think the thing with uh, Jonas is he can switch. And I don't think I'd trust Tobey to switch probably ever in his Tennessee career. No, he, he was a little rough and ready yeah. on uh, on that front in Italy. But I, I mean, when I think of like floors, I think you go Ziggler, then Vescovy, then Adu kind of have the highest floors, just like baseline night overnight performance. Mm. Uh, Triple J probably outrates him defensively, but offensively, I mean, you can really be in for like a three-point night on any yeah. game. But Connect has a pretty high ceiling if that works out. Mm. Dillion, I think we're still waiting to see what the ceiling is there. The uh, the ball handling ability is a bit ahead of where I thought it would be 
and the off like just pull up shooting really like he is going to be the leading scorer on the team but turnover it's like a lot of freshman stuff turnovers and then he just kind of fell asleep on defense which you know is not going to sit well with Barnes but you know NSC has enough playable guys to night one I, I mean when I ran the consensus poll for field of 68 they are most likely going to be ranked somewhere around like seventh to ninth in the preseason AP poll which feels about right maybe a little higher for me personally Mm. But they're going to be top 10 again. I am curious to see how they make everybody happy because they got a lot of mouths to feed on this roster. I look, it's a good problem to have. They have options. They have depth. These are all different good options where I don't think the team gets significantly worse. High ceiling top 10 team. It's just I'm very curious to see how Barnes handles it. Like it's one of those. Let's wait and see. Let's see. Let's see what Joe Milton looks like in the swamp. Let's see what Barnes it's does. Little, it's got a little bit. I don't think anyone will say one way or the other. It has a little bit of a last dance vibe to it for it. Because, hmm. I mean, well, think about it this way. Maybe not. And, you know, it could just be a, a bunch of ado about nothing. But is that a pun? Like, yes. Vesk V gone. Triple J gone. Hmm. Um, you know, is gone, probably, I think. One of, yeah, Adu could be gone. He's playing his way in the second round territory. And you're kind of looking down at a 2024 where it's like Zakai is back, Awak is back, mm-hmm. Meshach. Dillion. Uh, Dillion could be one and done, though. I think Dillion plays two. I, he feels like a two to me. Probably. And then at that point, it's like, you had a lot of pieces to fill. You're not getting any younger. Uh, but it, it really, to me, is like... There is going to be a rebuild, and there's also young guys that need to play next year. Like, there's a Rick lot of young guys. Rick probably say this himself. It really depends on March. Hmm. Like, if they if they did go to the Final Four this year, I think he retires. It's a great really? way to go out on top. Because, I, I mean, again, Rick is... Can he retire with... I mean, can uh, English leave after one year at Providence? Rick's got to at least give him three years. Because mm. Rick will be seventy next July. Who do you? When did Coach K? How old was Coach K? Coach K is currently seventy six. So he was seventy four when he pulled the plug. Well, not pulled the plug. He's he still alive. Plug in his mm-hmm. I don't know. I think Barnes, Barnes is in good shape, man. Barnes is. Yeah. I don't know. But it's the I don't know. It's the thing of like. How long do you want to play the NIL game? How long do you want yeah. to be in it every single day? So maybe he's fine with it. Maybe everyone is, but I don't who know. Who do you think it, it is? If he retired after this year, who do you think would be the number one choice by this? Uh... My, my, what I've said for months now is that, and this is entirely not based on what Rick would want, but what Danny White would probably do is like Pat Kelsey. That feels right because of who Danny has hired in the past. Hmm. You want guys that put up a lot of points. You want showmen. You want excitement. It definitely won't be a defense guy. No, it, it will be a very offense first game. That's why I think like Pat or the FAU coach. You could, he, you could just have him as Bruce Pearl in training, basically. Yeah. He has that same personality. Absolutely. Uh, last one here, Will. Deep dive from 2022. Butler in 2022, sir, to the 2023 season. What happened to the Butler Bulldogs this past year, sir? That's uh, really weird that Thad Mata, after like seven years of not coaching, didn't immediately come back as awesome. Mm. Uh, really tough for a lot of people who shove that down everyone's throat. 
Um, yeah, they had a better roster than what they ended up performing as, frankly. Um, mm. Very senior heavy, uh, very experienced. Uh, a group that I thought was pretty good, and it just did not come together. They were atrocious down the stretch in Big East play. When you lose to Georgetown at home, especially mm. dead dove Georgetown, do not eat, uh, that was a real alarm call to me. Mm-hmm. Where And it was 62 points at home. Not the margin of victory, but they – they, oh, my God. I forgot how bad this was. So they lost 68-62. Please guess how many points Butler scored in the final 10 minutes. Eight. Exactly. <sighs> Against Georgetown. Well, what did they do with their coach after the year? Uh, Georgetown fired Patrick Ewing um, Mm. into a retirement home, I'm saying here. Uh, So we'll see what happens to Thad Mata, who in his defense is way younger than I uh, remember every time I look up Thad Mata on Wikipedia. Do you you know how old he is? 61. He's younger than that. 50 if you said he's younger than that then i'm gonna say 54 56 Mm. which is wild so he was he became the ohio state head coach at 37 okay because i feel like he he's just felt 60 for a while yes he has the mark martin thing where he Mm -hmm. looks way older than he is yeah i don't Uh, don't really got to answer the question Mm. the the butler thing was interesting because they have their opening few games, so they blow out a bunch of bad teams, lose close to a Penn State team that goes on to make the round of 32. Then they get to Maui. Mm. They play Tennessee. I don't know if you remember, but that game was close for about a half. Mm. Tennessee, uh, shockingly, couldn't hit a shot for a while. <laughs> that doesn't sound like five balls. Yeah. Uh, and then Butler proceeded to get outscored 43-22 to 22 in the second half. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of... You don't want to say it's the exact moment, but it was like the beginning of the end a little bit. They had a decent December, but as soon as Big East play started, blown out by UConn, blown out by Creighton, mm-hmm. blown out by Providence, and it really didn't get any better from there. They lost 10 of their final 13. They have a lot of turnover heading into this season. I have a hard time looking at them and getting really excited for much of what it is they appear to be doing. Uh, they they added a lot in the transfer portal this year, and I'll give them credit there. Mm. But if you go by Bart's uh, effective talent metric, they have the lowest uh, rated recruiting roster in the entire Big East, um, which, frankly, it should never happen when you share a conference with DePaul. Uh, but like, on the flip okay, side, you, DePaul is like... If you get like out-recruited what... by Georgetown, whatever. Yeah. You get out-recruited by Rick Pitino, big whoop. Mm. You get out-recruited by DePaul, you are in hell. You need to get out of hell. And like they added like a couple of guys I kind of like, like DJ Davis from UC Irvine is a good player. Mm. Jamal Teleport from Northeastern is solid. Landon Moore from St. Francis, Pennsylvania can score, not much else. Mm. Um, like guys, you play in the Big East. You can't add, if you want to be serious about getting better, uh, mid-major second helpings. Like you got to get real. I mean, if you're adding guys, uh, let me differentiate this. If you're adding guys that were really good at the mm. big at the mid major, like you got a Tyler Perry type, Max A. Smith, Ray J. Dennis from Akron, you mm. get those type of guys. That's fine. Those are good gets. 
if you're getting guys who are like the number three on a like fine mid-major team, you're not you don't have the right strategy to compete in a high major conference. You need to get serious or you need to get better at recruiting. Mm-hmm. And they seem to be striking this middle ground of we're not good at one and also we're not good at the either. So let's just be really uh, bad. And, you know, more power to them. I am interested to see their strategy not work. But I, um, and this is nothing against that model, who's a good basketball coach and probably is not investing everything he could be investing into this, frankly. Hmm. This really seems like a, oh, I coached here once. I want to get back into coaching. Let me just throw myself out there type of thing. I mean, do you expect him to get them back out of the gutter? Never say never. Hmm. Um, but Trilly Donovan, our boy, I can remember this past February when Trilly Donovan was saying that Mata could be one and done at Butler, mm-hmm. and not like an AD thing. Like he didn't realize how down bad they were, which is bizarre because they shouldn't be. They're a good program. And so you wonder, like, I don't know if he'll be the guy somebody is going to because Butler cannot be this down for this long. But Mm. their three worst seasons since 2005 on Ken Palm have been their last three seasons. Something's got to change. I'm curious if anything does change with with them because Butler being good is good for college basketball. They're one of those. Totally agree because they have no worse than a top five arena in the entire sport it's a perfect perfect place yeah it is what makes it in a field house versus a basketball arena i think you're in indiana that's the uh that's the difference makers you have to be in indiana for it to be a field house because they it used to be canseco field house right where the pacers played yes and that was a very scary place to play for a long time hmm Will Warren, what can the good folks check out from you over on statsbywell.substack.com this week? I do have exciting news. I am deep in the weeds of working on a preseason preview. Every single conference, all 32, is mm-hmm. getting their own preview. I've learned more about the Summit League, mm-hmm. the MAC with two A's, the MAC, the normal MAC, mm-hmm. uh, OVC, etc. lately than I ever thought I would. Uh, but... We're, I'm doing this to be a better and more well-versed basketball fan across the board this year. Um, big preseason preview coming in mid-October. I didn't have a hand in this, but a lot of my friends did. The Almanac comes out from Field of 68 soon. I'm sure that'll be good. Anytime that comes out, I get excited because I know basketball is around the corner. And I am also working on a post uh, literally just titled The September Roundup of ideas I didn't have time to get around to this summer. Mm. But maybe an enterprising young scholar with time on their hands can do it. Okay. You know, I didn't get a chance to do, like, does it make more sense to shoot off of two feet versus one for mid-range, mm-hmm. the floater versus mid-range jumper saga? How much time does a whistle-happy ref add to a game? That was one I really wanted to look into, but it's hard to quantify properly. I would do, if I'm Rick Barnes this, this offseason, I have a rule. Mm-hmm. Santi, if you want to come back, guess what, buddy? And I even call him Buster because I'm Rick Barnes and more. All right, listen here, Buster. You no, know, I feel like Barnes is a Budrow guy. Okay. The uh, the real old Southern classic. Bud. Bud. 
Mm-hmm. Listen here, bud. Come here, bud. You're shooting free throws off the glass in the last two minutes, or you're not playing for us anymore. Like you can't cut. You're not allowed to play in the last two minutes. You're a great free throw shooter for whatever reason at any other time, but we are practicing you banking your free throws in with less than two minutes on the clock. You are only allowed to to do this because um, Tom Satkoyak, who I think is leaving uh, his role soon. Um, he the UT game notes for basketball mm. used to have this section on a uh, Vescovy's ice or like ice cold in a good way mm. free throw shooting in the final two minutes of games because <laughs> he started his career thirty two for thirty three in the final two minutes yeah and um, suspiciously that note was removed after the Banty game last year I don't know what you mean I wonder well, why <laughs> that doesn't ring a bell never but... never would have guessed who would have known wouldn't that be great like hey man just you're you have to shoot off the glass like it you have to bank them in that's the rule yeah that's it no or you're granny shotting it that's your those are your the granny shot or that that's your only you are not allowed to take a normal free throw <laughs> under two minutes left in the clock just can't do it oh my gosh i'm sure that would go over really well but wouldn't it be great like dude it works it's one of those dumb things tom the finder yeah. has it with the was it korean basketball where they're all shooting really well Free throw wise, because yes. they're shooting off the glass, uh, off the backboard. Yeah. Back, back in the days when I was a Pistons fan, I was praying that one day Andre Drummond would wake up and be like, you know what? The granny shot's not such a bad idea. He was like the, like the, just the, the poster child for uh, doing the granny shot. It's just so silly. It's because they marketed it wrong. It should have been called the granny shot. That was the end of it. You should have just called the underhanded shot and then yeah. it would have worked. Like it would have been fine. Will Warren, always a pleasure. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Rob. This is Ben Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, but you're interviewing, Mm -hmm. um, pleasantness, you're smart. So I think I'm going to hear big things about you. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.